Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Amen. So our topic is prosperity of the soul. Prosperity of the soul. Um, We've been talking about the human spirit. We were talking about the human spirit for a while, and I just, I, we put it to an side last week, and I just felt that God was also laying into my heart about, about just um, giving a balance to it so that people can understand a little bit better on how to kind of get this nailed to a point. So First Thessalonians chapter, chapter um, 5, says that now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. So that means that he's saying that if this part, and you have a semicolon here, which simply means that I am explaining the other parts to you, that this completely. So that means that if these three are not together, then you, that human being is not necessarily um, acting in a complete way. So the Bible says, may your own spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the Lord's coming. So he says, they completely include your soul, your spirit, and your body. Now, a human being is a spirit he has a soul and a lives in a body. A human being is a spirit. He has a soul and a lives in a body. So you would have something like this. Can I just shout it? Something like, like this is that this is your body, this is your soul, and the white one is your spirit. That is what the Bible calls a complete human being. And your soul is the channel, the one that draws, your soul is like the intermediary. It is the channel. Now, your soul is where, is what you may call your mind, is where your emotions lie, is where your, um, where you make your decisions within your intellect, that is where your, it is, that is the seat of your emotion, sorry, the seat of your soul. So when your body wants to react to something, it sends message from here back here, and this one makes a decision, and it shows it back out. When a man has not known Christ, the spirit man dies, and all, the only thing that he's acting on is this person. And we will see it going forward. That's why when you read 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says that if a... Um, the next slide. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, sorry, that's it. It said, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and all things are become new. He said, now all things are therefore of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Now, he says, when a man gives his life to Christ, he has become a new creation. So you have a slide like this. Can I have this, please? Amen. So when you are born again, this is what is new. Your body still remains. The day you gave your life to Christ, like our sister gave an example of, sorry, a testimony of our, of our sisters that gave their life to Christ. When they came home, they were not tall, they were not short, they were still the same human being. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, this is what? If you were dumb before, you would still be dumb after, after you give your life to Christ because that's your intellect. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you didn't know mass, you will not know mass because you gave your life to Christ. 
Because what James is not that, sorry, is not this, it is that one. So, a man does not necessarily change. Now, I want to, that's where I will begin to point at the emphasis. The way Jesus puts those emphasis. What the scripture is saying. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus said that what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Remember, Jesus did not say and lose his spirit. He said, if, what would it benefit a man by the time he finishes this world and his soul is lost? And his soul is lost. So that is why you would see, you would see in, 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 in third John chapter 1 verse 2, he says, I pray that you will prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. So what he's saying is that this, the emphasis is the prosperity of your soul. The emphasis is not the prosperity of everything because if you prosper in everything and your soul is not prospering, it doesn't make sense. That's why Jesus said, what will a man gain if he gains everything and his soul doesn't change? When the Bible talks about repenting, what it means is that change your thinking, change your mindset, let your soul change. When you give your life to Christ, your spirit is alive, but the problem lies within the soul. The problem lies within the soul. That's why the Bible says that, James, he says, he says therefore, lay aside all filthiness and, and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. That means that he's saying that because you gave your life to Christ does not yet mean that your soul is saved. You have a responsibility now to begin to ensure that your soul is saved. But what happens is that your spirit man comes alive immediately when you give your life to Christ. Now, I would be getting into a little bit of practicality. You'll begin to understand what I'm saying. Is that, like I said, in between your spirit and your body lies your soul. Most of the time, okay, let me put it this way. What fasting does, the Bible says in, in the book of Psalms, David said, I humble my flesh. What fasting? Fasting does not grow your spirit. Fasting puts your body and your soul to rely on your spirit. That's what fasting does. So, you, the two aspects becomes thinner, whereby your spirit man has the ability to come through. That is why when you see... Um, in the, in, in, um, in the service now. The Spirit of God can be moving. Then you will probably see that somebody may give a prophecy or a word of prophecy. I see that God said that I'm trying to get the English. On one Lord, maybe by King Wanshi or Kongokwaya. Open your mind. Let, concentrate. Let your mind. What, what are they saying? Because your spirit man cannot pick anything if your mind is blocked. So, when you see, that's why you see our CNS hymn. There's a particular hymn that I love to, you know, when they sing. Um, you hardly see anybody go in trance. 
But get to the point where they say, Oluwa, he won him Everybody will start jumping up and down. Why? Is it an angel that just entered? No. That is the time your mind is opened. And the spirit of God comes in. So, what I'm actually trying to point out is that even though your spirit man is active, as long as those two parts are not pulling from it, you would continue to say no signal. God is here. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is one of the reasons why they talk about, you know, make sure you fast to church. Because your spirit man, your body is already subjected and is ready to connect. Hallelujah. So, that's why Jesus was saying that whatever is born of the spirit is truly spirit and whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Romans chapter 8. Now, sorry, can I just can I just quickly go back? I just wanted to point out something before I move on from that. Now, the Bible talks about the word of God as the mirror of your spirit. So that word of God, tell you Amen. <laughs> Only Bible that, okay, sorry, <laughs> amen. But the, the English idea is that you see the scripture tells you the way you are. Amen. So you see in 2 Corinthians, I believe, it says that but we with our unveiling face, we behold as in a mirror of the glory of the Lord, being transformed into the same image like we see. So when you open the Bible, you begin not to see alone who, what you are, but the picture of what God is saying about your spirit, man. That is why it's important for Christians to always Read and understand the scriptures. Always ought to read and understand, understand the scriptures. Romans chapter 8. Now the Bible says, to be carnally minded is death. That means to be, con to be pulling towards the flesh. Your mind, what dictates your mind is what your flesh wants to do. He says it leads to death, but to be, to be spiritually minded is life. Now, I want to say to us that how to connect to your spirit man is also based on what you do by your flesh. Your spirit cannot read the Bible. Your eyes also read it. So, when your body picks up an information, it takes it to your mind. Your mind pushes it to your spirit. If your spirit agrees with it, it sends back the information and everybody aligns. But when you pick up something contrary, your mind feeds on it and it overpowers your spirit mind. I hope this is making sense. God help us in Jesus' name. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. It says, since you have purified your soul by obeying the truth through the Spirit. You have purified your soul by obeying the truth through the Spirit. Now, what how do you know your soul is prospering? How can you measure 
the prosperity of your soul. One of the ways to enter this prosperity of your soul is how your emotions can be controlled by the word of God. The, the more you can control your emotions, is subject to what God is saying. Shows how prosperous you are in your soul. So, it's as if you are raging about something and God says, shut up, it's enough. And you, you the ability for you to pull break immediately measures how prosperous your soul is. How humble you are to the authority of God is a proof of how your soul is already prosperous. That is why God was saying that, you see, it is not the financial prosperity that is first. It is the prosperity of your soul. That is why you can see somebody who can have a billion dollars and they will end up in mental home within a year. Why? Because the financial grew before the soul prospered. So that's why when um, John was talking, he said, I wish that you would be in health as long as your soul is prospering. Can you imagine now you have somebody who's a CEO of a company? Just talks the way he feels. If you are in that body, say, excuse me, we can't have this kind of person. Why do, you, why do you, everybody's panicking about the matter? You know, he doesn't have money. He has money. But you only handle such things to somebody whose emotions is stable. And at times, one of the challenges God has is that the soul is not prospering. The soul is not prospering. So, those are, let them just put those, those two hearts there. Two measures by which you can measure the prosperity of your soul. And the Bible talks about the uh, Lot, that Lot was a righteous man. He says, he says um, Lot, Lot was a righteous man. He says, that um, and and true righteous and deliver true righteousness, Lord, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Another version will say is that whose soul was vexed. Question: When you are in a place of an ungodly place, that is one of the measures you will know where your where, where your soul is. Is that do you feel comfortable or your soul getting? Those are the measures of, your, of, of the prosperity of your soul. Because the problem is that what God is, wants to save is not your spirit, it's your soul. God help us in Jesus' name. So let's see Galatians, I believe. He says, Walk, he said, Then I say to you, walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So basically, you are, you, there is, there, no matter what it is, you are calm. Why? Because your soul is already tilting towards that area. That's why the Bible later said, when you go to verse 22, it talks about, then when you are walking in the spirit, this is how you will measure how prosperous your soul is, is that there will be love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Why? Because the spirit, sorry, the soul is already prospering. The soul is already prospering. So a couple of things I just want to also point out to us as we go. 
is that, like I said, is that there are your, your, your action in the physical would determine how well your soul prospers. And as your soul prospers, the spirit, your spirit man will be able to penetrate through. But at times for some of us, there is a brick wall. And at times, the only time you people get involved is that maybe the, 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 the level of the spirit of God is so high in that place that the spirit of God picks up, attaches itself to a gift. Then as so somebody can shake now and wants to get out, The soul is not saved. If you understand this, you understand how to develop. That's why Jesus was saying that this is how you will know them, by their fruit. He didn't say by their gift. Because it is the fruit that will determine the prosperity of your soul. Does that make sense? So God also gives us some Things by which he uses or it is used in, aside from also, like I said, the environment that you keep, the connection that you keep, protecting your soul so that your soul can prosper. First Peter chapter um, 3, he says, but, he said, but sanctify, sorry, but sanctify the Lord in your heart always, being ready to give a defense whenever, and the Bible says, having a good conscience. See, when, when, when you protect your soul, it develops a good conscience, a clear conscience, that's what the Bible calls it as well. A clear conscience before God and before man. So let's go to Hebrews. I just want to point out something in Hebrews. That's what Hebrews. Now the Bible says, how much more shall the, uh, shall the blood of Christ, through eternal spirit, offer himself with that blood of blemish? Cleanse your conscience. So one of the things why Jesus was saying that, you know, make sure you observe the communion as often as possible. Is that is an instrument to clear your conscience. One of the things the blood of Jesus does is that he cleanses conscience. Why did the Bible say cleanse your conscience? Because he knows that your, your soul needs constant cleansing. Your soul needs constant cleansing. Another way you would also is by making sure your eyes is fixed on the word. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says that this book of law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Please, do you know where it started from? It is from your mouth, physical, before it goes to your heart. Your mind does not just bring up scripture. You have to put it there first. He said, then you will make your ways. So he said, he said, no, he said that, that you may observe. That means that if your soul, that is your meditation, is not saved, you will not be able to observe what God is saying. Most Christians want to jump from here to here. You want to just begin to observe God's word. You can't. Because the scripture says you would read, it needs to settle within your soul so that you can begin to act in response to it. So, the place of the word, constant place of the word, is important. Another part I would point out to you is worship. That is why at times, you may be in the car, whatever it is, you'll be listening to a worship, by the time you know it, maybe you're singing and you're along, your mind is the first thing that opens, not your spirit. And as soon as your mind opens, your spirit begins, then maybe 
you are one that sits in church class, or maybe you're the ones that, you know, maybe you have been getting, you're, you're trying to understand something. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You're, you're struggling to get an answer to something, maybe work-related or something like that. The answer is in your spirit. Because it is your spirit that connects to God. That's why, is it not interesting that Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, my mind, your soul, and your strength. But, you know, in all the three things that Jesus counted, it seems to contradict what he said when he said, those who serve God will only serve him in spirit and in truth. So if you're going to serve him in spirit, how come he's saying, I should love him with my heart and my soul? Because your soul is the gateway to your spirit, man. So when you are, when, at times when you, when, when you are, when you are, I'll put it now, you are confused about certain things. You just, maybe you just sit down and you're listening to worship. And before you know it, ideas begin to pop up in your mind. What is happening? Your, your body is playing CD. Your mind is getting open and your spirit is jumping out. That's what is happening. So also, when, you, when you're in prayer, your spirit is not the one that starts praying. It is your knees that go grand, grand, G in the name of Jesus. Where that come from for your mouth? Then your faith attached to it. Before you know it, your spirit went down. I know that there are times where your spirit man picks up things. But for that thing to proceed, you need your mouth <laughs> to, to, to carry it on. So worship, in the, in the place of worship, in the place of praise, there is a lot of things that is happening. That's why you, you, you would see, the Bible says in Ephesians, it says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, I explained this last week. You know, when you see somebody that is drunk with wine, what will happen is that their body will begin to, it is not, they are not the one that is in control of their body. The wine is pushing them from one place to another. So, he says, but be drunk with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. How did he say you should be filled with the Spirit? Speaking. First, speaking. Physical flesh action. With one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, then he now said, He now goes to melody in your heart because it starts from your physical response before your spirit, your soul picks it, then you end up filled with the spirit. Does that make sense? That is why at times some Christians will struggle because people feel that because I'm born again, no, it is your soul that needs to be born again. Your soul that needs to be born again. You see, you see also Jesus, the Bible says in Luke chapter 9, when Jesus, the Bible says, now it came to pass in days after, saying, after this saying, he took Peter, James, and John, and he went to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe began to shine. Shine. What happened? When he started praying first, he started engaging in something first before that happened to him. So when we are in the place of praise and we are in the place of worship, when they say, raise up your hand, don't say, what are they saying? Because, you know, after they raise up their hand, or they, I think that you say, what? I didn't feel spirit today. <laughs> because when they told you to raise up your hand, sing along, you are looking. Yeah, yeah, everybody just saying, spirit of God is living there. You know, all this kind of things. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how, how it works. Another person you will see is, Eli is, is Elisha. He says, and it happened when the musician played. 
The Spirit of God can be in an environment. But if you are not responding physically, nothing will happen. Because the Spirit of God does not jump. Except he wants to pick. Can I say something? Except God, if God has to go beyond that, one thing is guaranteed. That whatever you do doesn't benefit you. Because you are just being used as a vessel. That's why the Bible was talking about they are vessel unto honor and vessel unto God help us in Jesus' name. So, priority is making sure your soul grows and flourishes. Engaging yourself in things of God. Feeding your soul. So, what you watch, the environment you keep, affects your soul. All this, I am spiritual. There is nothing that can happen to me. Anointing the you. That is the problem. That is the problem. The Bible says, flee from all appearance of. It didn't say it is evil. It says, if he appears to be, use your leg to run. I can, I can speak in tongues. I told you once, there was a lady that came to. I was in Unibed. Has not been sleeping for my friend's case, she's not been sleeping for days. And she has a pain. So when she came, I was in the room alone. My roommate had, was not there. So when she came, she said, Pastor, I have pain in my tongue. Oh, sorry, in my in I have pains. I said, okay. Where are you feeling the pain? So she, she put her hand towards the bottom of her belly. I said, okay. Um, I'm going to pray. She said, just give me a minute. Mm. Let me go and get water. So I went to the kitchen, bought water. On my way back, I let the door open. Took the curtain to follow my spirit. I did that. <laughs> left the windows open. I was happy, don't worry. <laughs> yes, sir. Ma, pray for yourself. She was genuine. Because as God will have it, I think was it a couple of hours later, the friends called me. Said, I was, I said, we don't know what's going on. I said, what's happening? She's been sleeping all day. She hasn't, she hasn't woken up. We are worried. I said, don't worry. She would sleep. But what I'm saying is that I will not say, don't worry, it's not a problem. Yes, I can say, oh, you end yourself up. Yes, I can say, the Bible, this is why, guard your soul. Make sure your soul is protected. Because what would happen is that if the soul loses out, the entire picture goes to hell. I would point out something which, which, I, which is for you just kind of you know the Bible says in First Thessalonians it says it says it says so affectionately so uh, so affectionately longing for you. We were all pleased to impact you, not only the gospel of God, but also your lives and the lives of others. When you read another verse, it will tell you so. Also, he said, but we're able to impact your soul. That's what the New King James, I think that's where my NIV. Also, your souls and others. Now, please, it's difficult for me to say a couple of as I, as I, as I, as I round this up. Because the body of Christ has, is that Hebrews chapter, let's go to Hebrews. It says, Um, Hebrews chapter 
13, vers 17, please. Hebrews 7, verse 17. Yeah, Hebrews 7, no, it's not there, it's 7, of course, it's not Obey those who rule over you. And be submissive. Yes. For they watch out for your souls. They are responsible for your souls, yes. As those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not grief. He said, those who God places in, they would give account for your souls. I know that this is not, but I'm just saying this so that what I'm trying to, you know, all we're talking about is ensuring that your soul prospers. One of the things the scripture says is that God places people over you to watch over your soul. So, Thank God that this is, you know, we do podcasts and we have some people listening from Poland. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, it's for everyone to know that there are people responsible for your soul. You are responsible, but there are people whose job is to watch over your soul. Because they will give account of that soul. And it is, I'm, I want to point out to you the importance, the value that God and his servants place on a soul. There was an incident in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, Actually, it was reported that there are sexual immoralities around, around, among you. Such as even not even named among Gentiles as unbelievers. Now, he said that a man, that was a particular man in that fold. A man has his father's wife, that means he's sleeping with his father's wife. And are puffed up, having rather, having not rather mourned, basically what he's saying is that when they were speaking to this person, they were saying, what do you mean? Now, see how Paul addresses that issue. And I'm going to point out to you why it is important the value they place on souls. Let's go on to verse 5. He says, deliver such one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, not his soul. I'll give you an example. There was a time in my uni life. We could perceive that something was going on. But the people that were involved were already very prophetic. It was the prophetic thing that was going haywire. Then the president then, I don't know if you, most of us now know, know him, Gabi, the senior one. He said, as from today, until we say so, no one speaks in trance in this place. Or speaks in tongues in this place. The word of God must be at the center. Now, we did revival. Even prophet that came from outside, no one of them spoke. That was not there. What was happening? God was standing because the priority was the soul. People say, ah, how can he say that? Because you are concerned about the flesh. He was concerned about the soul. And Paul said, this is the decision we will take. Give the person over. Why? Because the soul must be saved. I'm saying that you will know when the apostles sat down to discuss issues of soul, they had to choose within preserving the flesh and losing everything 
or giving out of flesh and preserving the soul. I was in a very, one of my different uh, roles. I was involved and there was someone and I could see. And I got to a point that said, God, you can't keep using this person. Because it doesn't benefit them. A servant of God must be, must be able to know when God is using somebody because he can versus when he benefits that person. There are times you will need to tell God, please sit this person down. Because that gift is driving them to hell. Not a popular sermon. I'm just saying to you, priorities of the soul. Occasionally at times, I sit and I go, why, God, why are you speaking through this person? You know that you are not benefiting this person. A, a day I was, something happened sometime um, in a particular place and I was, I was, I was because the, the church pastor was speaking to me and I could see what was going on. I was in the toilet and I was like, God, this does not make sense. This person thinks that they are okay. But the soul is missing. Remember here, Paul never said God said. Paul had to make a decision because he was accountable for that soul. Paul is not accountable for the flesh. He's accountable for the soul. I'm trying to lay emphasis for you so that you can see when we're talking about flesh, soul, and spirit. The most one that has priority most is the soul of that person. Does that make sense? Now, let me just get you the concluding side of this story. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, Paul was saying the punishment which was inflicted, sorry, inflicted by the, major, by the majority is sufficient for such a man. So, when Paul said, give him over to, this, to the devil, Paul's eyes as a servant was on him. Does that make sense? That is why there was a time when somebody was put up for punishment in the church. And some people came to meet that person. And he said, don't, don't answer them. They don't. I said, it wasn't my choice. Your soul needs to be saved. Make sure you don't listen to these people. I told the leaders, they said, it is not enough to let a, a flesh go. You need to be constantly monitoring what's going on. That's what Paul was saying. He said, it is now enough. Why? Because Paul's eyes was on it. He was monitoring it as the devil was taking his toll. Hallelujah. Now, please, so that you can see what I'm saying. Let's go to verse 8. He said, lest Satan should take advantage of us. So, the person had come to a point of repentance. And the church was just saying, hey! Paul said, no, 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 no. There is a game, there is a reason behind this game. It's very difficult for me to talk about it now. Sadly, <laughs> because of what is happening within the body of Christ. But, it was, was it last week and I felt that God was laying in my heart? about what I want you to explain so that people understand that soul is important. So, this man was brought back. But Paul's eyes was on him. But Paul had to say, the decision has to be made. Because if that's flesh was allowed to keep glorifying 
including the flesh, and the soul will be lost. So as we talk about the prosperity of your soul, I am saying this so that you can know the emphasis God is placing on your soul. If you understand this, then you understand why Paul said, sorry, when uh, John said, I wish that you prosper in all things. But the most that were important that is concerning to us is your soul. I understand that there are two extremes to this. And this event Paul took, Jesus puts a prescription of how to get there. A decision that is taken like that. Because remember, whoever takes that decision, which is going to be the person, he has a responsibility for that soul. And Jesus put steps in it. That's what Jesus was saying that if somebody does something wrong, calls someone else, then later you call the church. If that person does not, then he now said, that person as a Gentile and said, whatever you bind on heaven is bound on heaven. So when Gabriel said, nobody will speak in this church again until the time is right. And nobody spoke. God put a seal on it. Why? Because he saw that the position was about the soul. Hallelujah. Amen. People, I don't like taking sermons like this. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's just a joy that, you know, God places value on your soul. Some people are saying, God, give me this anointing. God is saying, I'd rather not. Soul will be lost. It's not that God doesn't want to, but He wants your soul to prosper. So, at times, rather than praying to God for multi billion deals, make sure that your soul is prospering. Hallelujah. I want to bring this to a side of like we said your environment when you participate in an environment your body begins to pick it up your soul picks it up then your spirit responds to it. So as we go and end this in the atmosphere of worship, I want you to please begin to release your body and your mind so that you begin to see the beauty that God has placed inside of you. Maybe at times you are confused. You don't really know what to do. As you join in worship, you begin to see that your body begins to respond, your soul begins to give way, and all of a sudden you go, oh, I can understand that. Those are the wonderful things that happen during worship. I tell you times that number. That's why at times when it gets to a time in worship, I had to pick, I would have to pick up my notepad and start to write. Why? Because my body is singing, my soul is connecting with the song, then my spirit man is picking up. How does healing happen under worship? When you are sick, your body is the one that is sick, not your spirit man. 
So God is pouring the virtues of healing upon your body. Sorry, up into your spirit, man. But as you connect worship from your body, your soul opens, your spirit man is able to pull through those challenges. Maybe you are having, the Bible says, when David was dancing, the Spirit of God came upon him. Because in worship at times, your body responded. I will hand it this way. You know, I used to tell our choir at a time ago. Everybody can remember. I, I will tell them that Please don't go to stay too late outside when you are coming to worship God on Sunday. Because a tired body cannot connect anything from heaven. I went to a party one day and it was nine o'clock. Just picked up my bag. I left. Why, why, why are you going? I said, I can't. My body needs to be fresh for you to connect. But when you are in worship and you are still trying to stop sleep, <laughs> how would that spirit connect with anything? I understand that there are people who have to do it because of their job and the nature of their job. I believe one thing. God will always compensate for you when he knows you truly have a reason. But you've been dancing all night. You now turn up in church. You now say there is no signal in this service. You left signal in your bed. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.